You know, I, I try to give a little marriage tip every now and then, not every week, but most weeks, and I've got something good. Um, I, I want to encourage you, as I do a lot of people that I, that I counsel with and anybody I talk to about marriage, if, um, if you're having trouble with your marriage or if you would like your marriage to grow in the right direction or if you would just like to do what we should do and maintain our marriage. You know, I've said it a, a bunch of times. We maintain our lawnmowers better than we maintain our marriages. I mean, if you don't change the oil and the filter in that lawnmower, you know, one of these days it's just going to it's gonna quit you. And if you don't maintain, I mean, even if everything's going good, but if you don't work at maintaining your marriage and you're just existing, something's going to happen one of these days. I'm going to tell you that right now. So let's work on maintenance. And here's our maintenance for the week. And as I... As, what I was leading up to, to tell you, there's a wonderful resource that I get a lot of my ideas from, and, and, and this one is a little devotional, a little marriage devotional, and it's from Marriage Today, all right, marriagetoday.com. Uh, Jimmy Evans is a great teacher. We've shared his uh, Marriage on the Rock series here before, and you can, uh, you can order that Marriage on the Rock series, watch it at home. And if enough of you want to do it, we'll, we'll do some more marriage series stuff in the fall. But at any rate, Jimmy says that every good marriage is the product of, are you ready for this? Every good marriage is the product of many good words. Every bad marriage is the result of bad words or no words at all. You have to speak a lot of positive, praising words to create a healthy marriage. Consider how you fell in love in the first place. You talked. You took great care of choosing your words. You spoke encouraging words to each other in order to develop a relationship. But once many couples have secured that relationship, that carefulness with words falls away, especially when you're working cattle. Now, he didn't say that. I did. We get into bad habits and we stop communicating. Or we communicate with criticism, nagging, sarcasm, or demeaning words. And here are a, a few causes of this. It's a learned behavior. Primarily, what's going on is a learned behavior. Many of our personal habits developed in childhood, children imitate their parents. Okay? Okay? That's the first marriage they see, which means their future marriage is likely to reflect what they learned from mom and dad. Hmm. They could learn to speak to a spouse with kindness, love, and romance. Or they could learn hatefulness, meanness, sarcasm, or silence. If you have children, look at your own marriage, and you'll be looking into the crystal ball future of what your kids' marriage is going to look like. Hmm. Kids are going to imitate your parents. If parents are serving and loving their neighbor and being involved in the church, chances are the kids are going to. If Parents are kind of hit and miss and kind of half-hearted about serving the Lord. Chances are kids at best are going to be half-hearted about it. 
That's just a fact of life. Fact of life. So there's your marriage tip today. Speaking of marriage, there was this couple that went to the marriage counselor one day because I'm, I'm talking about expecting, not like expecting a baby, like some of you are thinking, but what do you expect in life out of yourself, out of your spouse? What do you expect in life from God? What do you expect? What are you, what are you expecting? Or are you just existing? We're talking about expecting. So there was this couple that went to a marriage counselor, and the wife was irate as they were talking about the problems. And the counselor says, well, why don't you tell me why you're so upset? And she says, before we got married, he told me that he had a ranch with 175 people under it. 175 people under him. She said, and then we got married, and I realized there was a cemetery on the ranch. She wasn't expecting that. Such is life. We, uh, we went to Abbeville, Kansas over the last, uh, this weekend and announced a rodeo. Uh, we've been going to Abbeville for 24 years. It's a town of 150 people west of Hutch in a little Amish Mennonite wheat farming community that is spectacular, especially if you like to eat pie as much as I love to eat pie. Cinnamon rolls for breakfast and pie for dessert, lunch, and dinner. Man, you can't beat Abbeville. Little old town puts on a pro rodeo, a PRCA rodeo. And uh, it's just, it's like stepping back in time. We don't have no cell service. We don't have no internet. And we stay, we stay with a, a missionary family that has, they've got a bunkhouse. It wouldn't be any exaggeration to tell you that it's almost as big as this building. They have a bunkhouse, and it's, it's, a, it's a retreat. Uh, a place. It's a retreat center for, for different companies and churches and, and different groups to come in, and, and it's just the most peaceful place. There's uh, cottonwood trees in the yard, and there's whippoorwills all around. You get up in the morning, you can just listen to the whippoorwills singing, you, singing to you every morning, and it's just the most peaceful place. It's called the Oasis, and um, it's just a, a, a fantastic getaway. Anyway, there's no TV there, not, nothing. And it's just wonderful for that reason alone. But as a lot of you know that's been following me uh, as we've talked these, these last few years, my uh, announcing career has started to go away in a lot of areas. I mean, I'm working about um, 25% of what I did when we started the ministry, and that, I'm not complaining, not why, that's just the fact of life, that's just what's happened, and God has, has taken care of everything, and, and we're more involved in ranching than we ever were, but um, this is the first rodeo that I've announced all year, uh, with the exception of the American, I guess, and the timed event, but the first rodeo that I've announced all year, and all of you have been to a rodeo, you know that the national anthem and bringing in the flag is part of the pageantry. We take a lot of pride in that. At about the time we 
open the gate and I'm introducing the American flag to come in, I realize that the flag is going to be carried a horseback around the arena once and another half a turn and I'm going to have to talk that flag around. And it dawned on me that I hadn't really got, gathered my thoughts about what I was going to say about that flag. And this is all happening in a matter of seconds when the gate opens and the flag's coming in. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And, and that don't just happen. If you've, if you've heard me announce the rodeo, when I do that flag deal, I, I take a lot of time and, and thought and effort into what I'm going to do, and, and I like to change it up. And there, I, don't, I don't have just a... I don't have a script that I can just fall back on. I want it to come from the heart, and I want it to be pertinent to what's happening today. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. I've got to fill a minute and a half here, and it's got to be good. And then I thought, now, wait a minute. I'm expecting way too much out of Justin to do that because I'm unrehearsed. I haven't given this one second's thought. I've been scrambling to get there. See, we got there on Thursday night in plenty of time, but we got run out of town because a tornado was headed right for Abbeville. So we were just behind from the get-go. But at any rate, all this is happening in a matter of seconds, and then I realize I'm expecting too much out of Justin. That middle guy, and I thought, I know who's got this. My spirit, man, has got a memory and a recollection and loves our country and our flag. And my spirit, man, God, give it to him. And then there was this little old voice that goes, Now, you really, you really going to open your mouth and have enough faith that you think he's going to speak? Or are you... And I said, get behind me and you just watch what my God can do. Never did it any better. Not because of what I did. Let me take that back. Yes, it was what I did. I made the choice to believe by faith that the spirit man inside me is alive and he's the smartest person in the world. That's what we got to do. We got to quit expecting our own self, the person that we think we are, to stand up and, and, and take care of situations and things and realize that the spirit of God is not just going to take me to heaven one of these days. The spirit of God is is alive inside of me and is equipped to handle any situation that comes up anytime at all. Period. End of discussion. He is alive. All right. So what are we expecting? I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 2. And I'm going to light you up tonight. The Holy Spirit inside of you is getting ready to start jumping up and down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And 
I'm going to start with verse 9. He's talking about the secret wisdom. That's been in, in verse, uh, let's back up. Oh, let's just start reading here at verse 6. We speak a message of wisdom among the mature. Now, what is the mature? It's the people that realize who they are. We've been talking about our true identity here lately, okay? We've been talking about who we really are, complete in Christ. All right, that's the mature. Ah, mature. But not the wisdom of this age. Not the wisdom of religion. That's what the wisdom of this age is. It's just religion rhetoric. Or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Because people had to rely on a priest. They had to rely on somebody else. They couldn't rely on the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit wasn't released until after Jesus was resurrected and at, at Pentecost, okay? That's what he's talking about, that God destined for our glory before time began. The Holy Spirit coming down on this earth and living on the inside of us. Verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. How Can we truly love God? How can we, as mere mortals, love God? How can we show Him our love? Believing that He is real and that He is alive on the inside of me. Alive on the inside of me. That's how we can love God. By living out our purpose in life. And that is to love people like He loved us. And I'm telling you, if you'll trust Him, And believe he's real and on the inside of you. You can even love the unlovable. You can love that neighbor, that family member that you don't even like. Because you don't have to expect it to come from you. You can expect it to come from God who is love. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit, man. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to get into Revelation, but I'm going to tell you right now. When you understand the Spirit of God is discerning and deciphering what the Bible says, man, I'm getting some deep stuff. And you guys are too, if you're living this out. Deep stuff. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except, that, except the man's spirit within him? There's a lot of deep stuff. You guys got to read this. You got to read this all week, okay? You guys got to read this all. I mean, I'm getting stuff. I've been reading this all week, and I'm getting a whole bunch of stuff here for the first time, but I don't have time to go over it all. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. It's hearing His Spirit. It's allowing His Spirit to direct our lives. Guess what? That Spirit has no fear in Him whatsoever. 
the Spirit of God doesn't worry about anything. He knows it's going to be okay. Isn't that a great place to be? Wouldn't that be a great place to, to live? You don't have to wait to heaven to get there. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. Oh, man, this is rich. For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. What does spiritually discerned mean? That means you're going to get insight and revelation when you read stuff like this. You're, you're going to see God show up because on, a, on a beautiful day, and, and, and he's going to reveal to you what this is talking about one of these days. It's revelation. I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. We need to expect revelation. For who knows the mind of the Lord? And a lot of teaching for a long time has just quit right there. This verse by itself is overquoted all the time. When we don't know the answer, a lot of preachers will say, I don't know, we just don't understand the mind of the Lord. How many have heard that? How, how can we comprehend the mind of the Lord? And we leave it at that. But let's read what the rest of this verse says. But we have the mind of Christ. Man, that is worth a round of applause right there, huh? <laughs> I mean, we ought to be just jumping up and down. Woohoo! Oh, my God! I've got the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. We've been programmed wrong, people. We've been programmed wrong. We, can't, we don't have the mind of nobody understands God. Nobody. Don't you think he wants us to understand him? Holy smoke, this is, this is gold, people. This is solid gold. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. We don't have to listen to our emotions. We don't, have to, we don't have to worry about circumstances lining up, right? Because I'm telling you what, this is life, and life happens, and life can throw nasty stuff, and going to throw nasty stuff at every one of you. It's how we perceive it. Do we perceive ourselves as victims, or I don't have enough time, or woe is me, or I just can't do that. I can't, I can't live a life that I'm expected to live in church, and, and then my body over here is wanting to do all these things that just take me down the wrong road? Or can we believe that we have the mind of Christ and expect the words to come and expect things to happen and expect healing and expect prosperity? This is easy picking here. I mean, this is a no-brainer. There's a couple from Abbeville that I've known for years. Man, I'm telling you, when you go somewhere for 24 years and spend half a week with them, you, you know, you kind of feel, I mean, that's just our second home. You know, Cushing, Oklahoma, the same. I know, we know everybody in town. We know everybody's kids. And we go up there and we see, see the, new, the new babies. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just like a reunion every, every week. And, 
or every every year we go up there and, and in these places that we've been blessed to go. And there's a couple that I've known for years and just love them. When I got there, the husband came up to me, and they've had a lot of health stuff. Both of them have had health stuff, financial stuff. I mean, they've had kids stuff. They've had lots of stuff, as we all have. But they've had, they've had their share. And the dad came up to me, and he said, Well, have you heard the latest? And I said, No. He said, Well, I've got cancer. Oh. Where is it? I said, Where, where's the cancer? And it's um, the one that gets you quick. Can't think of it. Pan- it's in my pancreas. Man, we talked about that a little bit. When it was over, we had a church service there Sunday morning, and I went up to them, and I- I'm going to be real honest with you. Before here lately, because, you know, there's plenty of people around and lots of activities and other people I could have visited with. I could have very handily made myself too busy to really talk to them and, and avoided them. But there was a divine appointment with me and them right there in the concession stand. And I had that moment where, I, like I did when the gate opened and the flag was coming in, and I'm going, what am I going to say? And it hit me again. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to expect God to show up. And I was able to encourage them what we've been learning here in that life is about going through difficulty. Life is about going through situations and circumstances that are terrifying. And going through, life is about going through. And that's why I love, one of the primary things I love about what I've learned from Mark Shell, life is about going through these situations like Jack went through with his cancer, going through like he did, and I, I was able to share his story with these people that he don't even know. Life is about going through these situations with faith, knowing I'm going to be all right. Now, does that mean we can genie in a bottle, get a cure for pan- pancreatic cancer? Not necessarily, but I'll tell you what it will do. If we could grow around this teaching of knowing who we are and knowing that the Spirit of God is complete and alive on the inside of us, peace really does come through faith. Worry goes away. And when worry and fear goes away, there are hormones released in our body that are healing. That's just a fact of life and science and the Bible right there. The best chance you have is to not worry. That's where life and healing is. But I said, you know what? The greatest disasters in life are opportunities for the greatest impact. And people are going to see you go through this, knowing this is the scariest thing in the world. And if they see you living a life of faith, there's going to be people all around you and your community go, oh, my goodness, God must be real because of the way they are acting and reacting and walking this, walking this out through faith. I said, what an opportunity to be an influence on people that may never hear about how good God is.
to my words, it was my choice to rely on the Spirit of God who lives on, on the inside of me to bring the words. We've got to expect different results. I want to share with you a text uh, from Drew Shursley. As many of you know, Drew lived with us for about nine months, and uh, he came to visit a few weeks ago. I'm going to tell you what, this 21-year-old kid understands the kingdom of God, the fatherhood of God, and he understands, he's, he's really getting a hold of understanding being complete, being made complete right now. He sent me a text. It meant a lot to me. I've got to share it with you. He said, been listening to your sermon about speaking life and death and how much power our words have. I have really been trying hard lately to speak life into other people and watch the words that come out of my mouth, trying my best not to let any rotten talk come out. And he said, it is so uplifting because when I encourage people, my faith abounds. He says it's absolutely amazing. A lot of us just don't expect to walk through faith or learn faith or live by faith. But let me tell you how you can expect your faith to grow. Encouraging other people through your words. That's a pretty good way to grow. I'm going to order about 40 of these books that Mark Shell wrote. I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't read this all the way through because I have about wore out the first 15 pages. <laughs> I just read, I'll just go back and read the first 15 pages again and again and again. We'll make these available to you. Mark says, it's our purpose in this book to reveal our journey in hopes that it will accelerate yours. So I encourage you to believe fully that freely we have received, so freely we give. He says it's only a personal encounter that leads to true transformation. A personal encounter. Historically, we have had more faith in the enemy's power to deceive us than the Holy Spirit's power to lead us. Ooh, that's rich. For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That's Proverbs 23, 7. What are you expecting? What are you expecting? Or as a man thinks in his heart. If, if you think that you're just not good enough to do his work, then that's who you are. But every one of you can expect to know that the Spirit of God is good enough, big enough to do whatever you need to get done while we're here. Expect to pray for people. And expect for those prayers to have the right words. Expect it. I'm here to tell you to expect it. 
When we only study to validate, oh man, when we only study to validate what we already believe, rather than discover the heart of the Father, we make the Bible into an idol in our image, void of His. I'm going to say that again. When we only study to validate what we already believe, which is what we, a lot of us grew up in church doing. Just, we're just studying to validate what we already believe, and we're not open for a new way of thinking. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to, if you're going to hook up, if you're going to saddle up with us right here, if you're going to hook your wagon up right here, expect, expect revelation. Expect new knowledge. Expect to hear from God. We're not just going to validate an old way of teaching. We are going to expect to hear new things from God. When we only study to validate what we already believe, rather than discover the heart of the Father. And that's what you're going to get. If you have faith in the voice of truth rising up in you to encourage somebody, when you don't have the right words, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to discover the heart of the Father. You're going to discover a daddy that's in heaven that is going to feed you everything you need. And when you do that just a little bit, your faith is just going to grow. And when you do that, the next time it's going to get a little bigger. And then before you know it, you're going to, be, you're going to have some faith moments that's going to be encouraging people because that's what we're called to do. And your faith is going to explode. Discover the heart of the Father. A lot, for a long time, we made the Bible into the idol, an idol in our image, void of his. I read the other day where, and, and I was taught this, the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. It's not the Holy Bible, is it, George? the Holy Spirit. But most, there's a lot of teaching out there that teaches Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. Let me tell you something. This Bible, I'm going to shock, <laughs> I'm going to shock your shorts right now. This Bible, contrary to what we've been taught, is not alive. Unless you allow the Holy Spirit to receive the words in it. This Bible is not, this Bible is just a book, I'm telling you. Unless you take the inspired word of God and use it and expect it to help other people. You ain't heard that before. That's either God or heresy right there. And I know where it came from. Because we can tell you that that book is alive, and if you read it and hide it in your heart, that's what we're supposed to do. But that ain't all. We're supposed to walk it out and expect our words to make a difference in this world. That's where the word comes alive. Man. I 
I was talking to the missionary couple that we stay at their, um, the oasis on the phone before we went up to Abbeville, and I was kind of, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm called to help pastors and, 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 and waken the spirit up on the inside of them because I do it every week. And I did it with three different guys this week. And I was able to, to share with him what's going on and how th- th- there's an awakening going on here. I, 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 I tell people all the time, our numbers are down. Oh, we have the smallest crowds we've ever had, but the Spirit of God and what we're learning is more alive than we've ever been in the seven years, and I couldn't be more excited. But I'm also... So, so anyway, I was telling about the revelation knowledge that I'm getting. I mean, right from, from heaven, from God and the Spirit inside of me all the time. And he shared with me this. He said, he said uh, oh, golly, who said it? I can't remember who told me said it. Information without revelation never brings transformation. Information, we've, we've been overloaded with information for a lot of years. But information without revelation doesn't bring transformation. Revelation brings transformation. And that's what you're getting with the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And I got a lot more. I'm going to leave you with this, though. Hebrews 4.16 says, Approach the throne of grace with confidence. Confidence. 1 John 3.21 says, If we have a clear conscience, we have confidence before God. That's why we teach grace and righteousness. I don't even know where I got this. I just wrote this down in a quote that I loved, and I pulled it out because it was perfect for this message about expecting. And it says this, Expect more opportunities. Expect more open doors. Expect promotion. Expect to hear from God. Expect to be led by the Spirit. Form a habit of getting up in the morning and say, I expect good things to happen today. Which goes right along with Judy Mustaine's quote I've shared with you three or four times. She said, great things are going to happen to me and my family today. Great, wonderful, powerful, amazing things are going to happen to me and my family today. That gets you into a mode of expectancy instead of just going through the motions. And so this quote lines up with that. Say, I expect good things to happen today. You decide, and your feelings can catch up. You decide. Your feelings, and I'll even add your circumstances, can catch up to what you expect. Make the decision whether you feel like it or not. Show up whether you feel like it or not. It's a pretty cool way to live. I want to invite everybody. Next Monday night is Memorial. Memorial Day. We're not going to meet here. If it ain't raining, we're going to meet at our place on the creek two miles, two blocks south and two miles west. And um, are we going to cook? We're going we're gonna to cook hamburgers, bring a covered dish. I don't know if we'll have a message or not. And lawn chairs. Make sure you bring lawn chairs. We'll probably baptize somebody. 
if the creek's high enough. Uh, if not, we'll go to the pond. We may, may or may not. But it, it'll be, um, what's that? Oh. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be at 7 o'clock. Or no, we started at 6.30 on the last Monday. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll eat at 6.30. If you showed up at 7, we'll have plenty to eat. I think this will be a good time. We may or may not have a devotional. We'll just probably fellowship and, and enjoy each other's company next Monday night. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Any questions? Okay, good. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for where we are. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And, Lord, I'm thankful that we can have the mind of Christ and then we can expect him to show up when we need him the most and even those times that, that uh, we think we've got it handled. Lord, I thank you that we've got uh, something bigger living on the inside of us than we ever imagined before. And, Lord, I thank you for the word of the Lord is right and true and it lives on the inside of us. And I thank you that we can speak to people and maybe not even know we have the word memorized. But, Lord, I thank you that by faith when we when we acknowledge that you're going to do it for us, that, that those words are coming right from the Bible through our body and out our mouth and into the spirit of people who need woke up and lifted up. So, Lord, I just thank you that we're going to continue to learn who we are, being complete in you. We love you, Lord, and we trust you, and we look forward to changing this world and turning it upside down because you are so powerful on us. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, if you need prayer, you have any questions, or you want to... um